0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
1: 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Great show tonight. I don't normally get this enthused, but I think tonight's a good show A lot of things have come together in the past few days. Uh, There's so many things to talk about in this world. Unfortunately, too many of them concern Trump. I tried to throw a few non-Trump things in. Uh, But with Trump or without this week, we got good stuff to chat with you and share with you. So let me get going. The special election in Ohio. Uh, A few minutes ago, I uh, looked at the television to get the results. And uh, the Democrat, the Democrat, his name is Danny O'Connor, was ahead by 9,400 votes. And there was an indication the lead, the early lead, was too great for him to overcome. But there's no no decision had been made as to who won yet. It seems like O'Connor may be on his way to winning. He was ahead by something like 15 points at the time. Uh, this would be. A significant victory. I'm not going to say it's a great victory for a Democrat or for O'Connor. It's a significant win, though, because it's proof, once again, as has been the case in most of these races this past year, uh, that this country does not like what Trump is doing to our country and to the people of our country. And the only tool people have in a democracy is the vote. And this is an indication, I believe, of what is to come in November with the midterm elections. Uh, I, I do believe there's going to be a blue wave. I believe that the Republicans are going to take a beating. And I've got to say it this way, deservedly so, because none of these guys in Congress, whether they're you know senators or representatives, stood up to the president, a handful, three, four, that's all. Uh, they're afraid to stand up to him. And we cannot have a president that... Uh, exhibits that kind of power over men of power, other men of power, just not right. So let's see how this thing goes. I have to believe also I've been following you know the work up to this election the past week in Ohio, and for the Democrat to win, he had to get a lot of the republican female vote republican female vote and I think he probably did in certain areas, uh, the educated, the college grad female. And it had to do with the child separation policy. You know, Trump takes the kids away from the parents at the border. Uh, Horrible what's been happening the last four to six weeks on that issue. And you just can't do that. And a woman, best of all, would feel the impact of such a taking. Another significance of this election is if O'Connor does win, as I anticipate he will now. It is the first time in 35 years that a Democrat has won that seat. Would you believe it? First time in 35 years. Another significant feature, and what I'll be looking at after after my show closes tonight, and you should look at, is by how many points O'Connor wins, again, assuming he wins. Uh, Trump took the state by 11 points. Let's see. Uh, what this, this uh, young man, O'Connor, does uh, in winning this uh, 12th district congressional seat in Ohio. Uh, God bless America. I'm happy because I don't like Donald Trump. I think he is ruining our country. And please, America, wake up. He is destroying us. Uh, I want to talk now about something that came up this afternoon. And this bothers the hell out of me, and it should bother the hell out of you. We are supposedly a free society. We are a free society at the present time that has an authoritarian, authoritarian figure, Donald Trump, who aspires to be president for life. You've heard him suggest this on occasion. He wants to be Putin. He wants to be Kim. Uh, he wants to be Mussolini. He wants to be Hitler. He wants to be the man that no one can put down. Now, he's always attacking the media. And so did Putin in Russia, so does Kim. Kim controls the paper, and so does Putin in both their countries. But so did Mussolini in Italy and Hitler in Germany. They took down the press. They turned the people against the press. And this fake news bit is a crock of shit, if you'll excuse the way I put it, that Trump has been pushing. He has turned the American people against the media. I mean, our Constitution guarantees freedom of the press. You may not like what they say. But rarely do they lie. Uh, They just tell you things you don't want to hear. That's the problem, especially politicians, because the the news media are on their asses and they know what's going on, and and generally they cannot, excuse the way I'm going to put it, be bullshitted. Now, what bothers me is a survey was taken in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours that said that 43% of Republican voters in this country, 43%, that's a plurality as you see how the numbers run down, uh, want Trump to have the power to remove bad media. In other words, close down a bad newspaper or take reporters and get them off the newspaper, do whatever has to be done to remove what has been described as quote-unquote bad media. Thirty-six percent of registered Republicans disagree, but 43 percent, this is the way to go. Now, that's horrible. I, I'll have to give you another number here. Forty-eight percent of the people in this country, Democrats and Republicans, libertarians combined, everybody, 48 percent in the same survey believe that the media is the enemy of the American public, the enemy of the American public. Why? Because they tell us what we don't want to hear, and 98% or 99% of the time, it's true. It's not made up. It's not fake media. Their name is not Donald Trump. The media is not Donald Trump, who lies how many times, 7.6%? 7.6 lies a day since he's been elected. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But what this survey indicated is that there is a significant threat to the media, and there's increased support for a few punitive measures against its members. Now, in a perfect example, think about the rallies that Trump has been having. You should have a concern. I have a concern. The evidence is, look how the mob treats the press at these rallies. Pay attention the next time you see a Trump rally. Take into account how the press is treated. Treated because Trump rabble rouses the people. And eventually, some media people, some reporters are going to get killed that should be killed. This is the United States of America. Newspaper reporters don't get killed here. All right, which brings me to some immigration issues I'm going to stay with for a few minutes. Uh, ICE. ICE is, they're the immigration people, they are the police of the immigration uh, department. Organization. Uh, they are the military, okay? Uh, I believe that their handling of the immigration crisis in the last couple of months in the southwest border, taking the kids from the babies and everything else, uh, has resulted in a moral crisis, okay? Because ICE has been permitted under Trump, since Trump took office a year and a half ago, he has increased the authority and the power of ICE, he has unleashed them. On the American public and immigrants. Controls are lacking. The system is out of control. ICE, as a result, has gone rogue. Now, let me give you an example uh, to substantiate the point I am making. Trump at his Ohio, isn't that a wonderful, by the way, he went to Ohio a few days ago to support the Republican candidate for the congressional seat who's getting his ass whipped tonight, which, and these were his people at the rally, which shows you uh, how much he, he has diminishing influence. The point I want to make, Trump is starting to have diminishing influence. But in that speech in Ohio to his people, I said, he indicated, ice is great. And you know why ICE is great in his eyes? ICE, many people are saying, ICE has become the private military force of the president. Don't say I'm crazy. The private military force of the president. Any man seeking power authoritarian has always had to have a special police force that works strictly for him, does not answer to the military or anything else. There is are his people. And there's increasing... It's being seen increasingly that ICE is now part of that growing private police force, private military, uh, owing allegiance only to the president. Think back, my friends, to Adolf Hitler. He had the Gestapo. Trump has ICE. Staying with immigration. Uh, This is terrible What I'm going to share with you right now. Absolutely terrible. Remember, he came, zero tolerance. We're going to send everybody back. Well, let me give you some numbers on how this thing with the immigrants work. Going back, I'm going to go all the way back to April. A study came out on July 24th done by Syracuse University. A study indicating that the zero balance stuff was nothing more than bullshit. It was rhetoric, not reality. And here's what the number said. In April, a month before Trump said we're going to zero uh, tolerance, The number of immigrants was eight thousand. I'm rounding it off. It was eight thousand two hundred and ninety-eight to be exact. Eight thousand immigrants came in. In May, following the announcement of zero tolerance in May, they arrested forty thousand immigrants. Forty thousand. It went from eight thousand the month before to forty thousand. Boy, they're tough. Trump sessions. They're going to arrest these people. They're not going to take anybody's crap here, okay? The funny part of all this, and this is where the Syracuse University study comes into play big time, was that of the 40,000 they arrested or took into custody or apprehended in some fashion in May, only 32% of the 40,000 were prosecuted. Uh, Now, why? Well, for a few reasons. Number one, Trump Never knows what he's doing. He shoots from the hip. He says, I'm going to do this, and we're, we're going to take him with the kids. We're going to take the kids away, and then we're going to send them all back. And if you want to get your kids, you're going to agree to go back to wherever you came from. He doesn't realize you've got to have courts to process these people. You've got to have prosecutors to prosecute these people. You have to have detention centers to put these children in who are taken from their parents. You have to have detention centers to put the adults in, the parents in. He never gave this any thought. That's why there's still five or 600 babies, children we can't find taken from their parents. Uh, so he didn't have enough people to process what had to be processed. Now, there's something that's called prosecutorial discretion. When you're dealing with immigrants, because there are so many, or there are so many this past, coming starting with May, the prosecutors had the the Justice Department sessions. They had the right to decide who would be taken before the court first to be uh, sent back to the old country or who would stay for a while before they went before court, perhaps never. That's called prosecutorial discretion. The Syracuse University study clearly indicated that most of the illegal immigrants who went before the court were parents with children. Very few, a small percentage of adults who came over without children were brought before the court, have not been brought before the court yet. The plan was to bring parents with children We're going to strip the kids away from their parents, scare the hell out of people. They'll stop coming, and those that are here, they'll agree to go back. Now, that's playing games. That's playing games with the law. That's playing games with the lives of people. I don't care they're not American citizens. This separating child from parent is one of the most horrendous things I have seen in the history of my country in the 83 years I have been on this earth. Which brings me to another immigration issue. How about a little sex abuse, huh? Uh, you know, there's rumblings of this. There has to be sex abuse. You've got these detention centers. The kids are anywhere from two or three months old to 17 years. There are boys and there are girls. Remember, how we, we, we finally found out where the boys were, had some pictures of taken with them, but never any pictures of the girls. And never any pictures of the babies. Under five is considered the baby. I don't think I've seen pictures of babies yet. Uh, But girls, we saw a few pictures of girls finally. It makes you wonder if something's going on. Well, I'm just going to give you one example. Because I'm sure uh, that the government does not brag about these things if these things happen or when they happen. This is something I would assume that the Trump administration would prefer to keep quiet. But something did get out, and here's the story. Two workers at the Arizona, these would be employees working for the Immigration Service, at the Arizona migrant children's centers were charged with sexual abuse, two workers. Now, the Arizona migrant children's centers, are part of the Southwest Key Program, okay? That's what you have to keep in mind. And these two workers were not at the same facility. They were at different facilities. And they sexually abused immigrant children. And I'll just tell you what they're charged with. A 14-year-old girl was kissed and fondled by one. And then in another facility... An HIV worker, HIV-positive worker, was charged with groping groping, six teenage boys and performing oral sex on two others. As I indicated earlier, both of these men worked for Southwest Key Programs. Now, this is a Texas not-for-profit. Let me tell you something, folks. There's money in not-for-profits. I've seen it develop over the last 20 years. Uh, Great programs, not-for-profits. So much money flows through not-for-profits. Anyhow, Southwest Keys Programs has received $955 million, $955 million in federal contracts to provide shelter and other services to immigrant children in federal custody since 2015. You know, if there's smoke, there's fire. If it happens in one place, it happens in another. There have to be more cases of sexual abuse, especially uh, when you take into consideration the large number of children involved. Now, this is a cruel story. This is a personal sad story. This has to upset you tremendously. And if it doesn't, there's something wrong with it. I've got to say it that way. Because I get very irritated when some people who support Trump just pass all these things off. Well, they shouldn't have come here. They came here illegally. They broke the law. We don't care what happens to them. Send them back. They lost their kids. i will find them sometime. Not my concern. I'm not going to worry about it. I practiced law for 46 years. I was a pretty good lawyer, I thought. I was a good lawyer. And I know. I learned, you know, law is not black and white. Law is not black and white. Most people think it is law is gray because every law has an exception or exceptions in the plural. Every law has exceptions. No law is absolute. Let me give you a practical, everyday example that we've been seeing for the last two or three years. How many blacks have been killed by police officers? And how many of those police officers have been indicted? Very, very few. Or if indicted and tried, how many convicted? Very, very few. Because most states have now adopted a law that says if a police officer thinks he's in danger of imminent death or imminent harm, he's free to shoot in order to protect himself. Now, you know, thou shalt not murder is a commandment. It's also a law, but there's an exception to thou shalt not kill if you are a police officer and you are in fear of imminent personal danger. So a lot of people get off work killing blacks. A lot of these blacks don't even have a gun. They thought they had a gun. It's a crock. Anyhow, the lady is Alessandra Juarez, 39 years old. Alessandra Juarez 39 years old, she came to this country from Mexico as an illegal 20 years ago. When she was 19 years old, she entered illegally. She openly has admitted it over the years. She goes and signs up once a year. She's been signing up ever since she got here. Nobody caught her. She just went and signed up and said, I'm an illegal alien, and they keep track of you. Nobody was throwing anyone out of the country, uh, at least not her, for the last 20 years. And she was good. She went and did what she had to do. And no one ever was concerned about her, and she wasn't concerned about them. Uh, She has a husband. Her husband's Timo. Now, Timo... Is a naturalized American citizen. He was naturalized just before he went into the Marines. Timo has served three tours of duty in Iraq, fighting for his country and our country. Now, they have two children, Pamela, daughter, 16, Estelle, Estella, E-S-T-E-L-A, 1L, age 9. Alessandra, the mother, was deported back to Mexico last Monday. She is entitled to a hearing before some immigration boards, uh, their ICE boards, and she appealed four times not to be sent back because every law has exceptions. She's here illegally. It's a crime. They can deport her. However, in the law involving these deportations is something called parole in place, parole in place. And what it is is this, and it generally applies to the spouse of someone who served in the military, that spouse being here illegally, because the spouse, she has a spouse, or he has a spouse who served in the military. If that spouse has not committed any crimes, and Alexandra did not, she didn't even get a traffic ticket in 20 years. Would you believe it? Okay. she stay-at-home mom, PTA, all that stuff, did it all. Her husband's a hardworking man, pilot pays taxes. They didn't get the parole in place. That a parole in place means very basically you're here illegally, you're here improperly, but because of the relationship you have with your husband who served in the military, we're going to recognize that, and you can stay here forever as long as you don't commit a crime. doesn't make you a citizen. And she has to sign in every year like she's been doing for 20 years. They turned her down. Under all those circumstances, they turned her down. They ice ripped this family apart. Now, what's going to happen to the family? Timo, the husband, has a good job, but he travels all the time. Pamela's going to stay with her father. She's 16. She can handle it while her dad's away, they feel. Estella, though, she's nine years old, too young to be left where the father's on the road working a lot, and so as soon as... Alessandra is settled in Mexico, has a place to stay, etc. Estelle is going to move to Mexico to be with her mother. This family split up 18 different ways. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is Donald Trump's fault. This is Jeff Sessions fault. This is ICE's fault. Wake up, my friends. Wake up, America. He is destroying our country. We do things un-American every day now because he is our leader, quote unquote. And it just can't go on. The only way you're going to get rid of him, you got to vote him out. Or he gets impeached. Uh, and I hope either or both of those things happen to him. Okay, where are we going now? Oh, we're going to talk about tariffs. Another, another great thing Trump did, these tariff wars. We didn't need these tariff wars. They're only going to hurt us, these tariff wars. And I'm going to say something right now that I've been saying for the last six months and in writing on this show and my other shows. If these tariffs continue as they are next year at this time, our country will be in a deep recession, as will the rest of the world. That's just the way it is. That's the way it's always been when these things happen. Who are the people getting hurt? I'm just going to talk about two groups right now, lobster fishermen and soybean farmers. Let's talk about lobster fishermen first. Everyone thinks Maine. You know, Maine, Maine, Maine. Maine lobsters are terrific. I prefer them to Florida lobsters, I'll be honest. There's a difference. Uh, in taste of the meat. But whether it's Florida lobsters or Maine lobsters, we send millions of pounds, millions of tons. That may be exaggerated, millions of tons, but we have a big business. We have businesses in Maine and in Florida, lobster fishermen who sell every year on the same contract to businesses in China. But now with the tariffs, China is imposing in a retaliatory fashion because of what Trump did in starting this whole thing, a 25% uh, tariff on all imports. Well, do you think these China businessmen who were importing, whether it was a Maine lobster or a Florida lobster, are going to do that? They're looking elsewhere to buy their lobsters and are already entering into contracts to do business long term with some other country. We are no longer dependable. The lobster fishermen in Maine say they're hurting badly. They're they're 20% down. Let me tell you how bad it is here in the Keys, my friends. We had Hurricane Irma last year. Irma destroyed the lobster business in the Keys. Spiny lobsters, that's what they're called. The traps were just blown away, never found again. The traps are boxes under the water. And uh, the two largest lobster fishermen in the lower Keys here each have had 2,500 traps out there in the water. Following Irma, they could only find 1,000. 1,500 were gone, gone forever. So they had a bad year last year. They didn't have enough to sell. They didn't have enough to sell. They got through it. They're ready to do business this year. And now, who are they going to sell their lobsters to? Because China isn't going to pay that extra 25%. And uh, they're looking elsewhere. And our fishermen are going to go down before the main fishermen, only because we lost money last year. Did not have to be. This is a Trump boondoggle. He did something. He shot from the hip. He didn't think. He didn't see what the repercussions were going to be. Now, let me talk about soybean farmers. We ship more soy. Now, let me put it this way. China buys more soybeans from the United States than any other country in the world. That's in the process of changing also. You recall I told you a couple of weeks ago, and I also wrote about this in my blog. Uh, I ran into a soybean farmer uh, from Arkansas and his wife at the chart room. Everybody comes to the chart room. And uh, he is the head of the Farm Bureau out there also. He raises rice and soybeans. As of three weeks ago, his cash flow was down 20% 20 over two months. That's big dollars, when you're dealing in millions of dollars especially. Uh, His business was worth $3 million a year of the cash flow. Well, there was, I came across this yesterday, I forget where, but there is a soybean farmer in Ohio. Oh, this came up because Trump went to Ohio to make a speech. He ran into a soybean farmer named Christopher Gibbs. And somehow Gibbs either told Trump or someone in the campaign out there, He's a soybean farmer. He's down 20%. And he said, I quote, I can't take it. Farmers are going to get killed. They're going to be out of business. Two more months, three more months, they're dead. Uh, but Trump's telling them, you're in the military. This is like a war, and we'll get you through this. We'll help you, et etc." et cetera. Bad news, folks. He's bad news, and what's happening to our farmers who ship elsewhere in the world, bad Also, this is a crazy story, too. Fortunately, it doesn't have to deal with immigrants. And this happened several times a year. You remember, I remember, we were kids. We all, one time or another, had lemonade stands. I had several of them. This is back in the 1940s. I used to sell lemonade with myself or with a friend of mine. We'd sell it for five cents, rather, a glass. Well, seven-year-old Brendan Mulvaney... I went to the Saratoga County Fair in Ballston Spa, New York, put up a lemonade stand outside the entrance to the fair. He's charging. Things go up 75 cents a glass for a glass of lemonade. Four of the vendors inside uh, who were selling lemonade also – and had bought a permit for $30, thought this was wrong, that the kids were out there. If you had a permit, you were compelled to charge $7 for a glass. It's wrong. These kids were selling lemonade for 75 cents a glass. So they called in the New York State Department of Health and said, kids, we're shutting you down, or Brendan, rather, not kids, One, Brendan, we're shutting you down because you don't have a permit. I've talked about this type of cases for the past several years. Even if Brendan had a permit, his dad gave him the 30 bucks, he'd probably break even on what he sold. He still couldn't make it because once you get the permit, in order to get the permit, you must have insurance. Your, your stand from which you're selling must be constructed pursuant to state guidelines, which means you have to have a carpenter and an architect of some sort to design it. You are required to carry liability insurance. Where the hell is this kid going to get this money? I don't know how they can do this to kids who want to sell lemonade. It doesn't make sense to me. It's the all-American thing to sell lemonade when you're a kid. Well, what can I tell you? That's the show for tonight. I hope you enjoy it. I have much more here, but not the time to get into it. Uh, I hope I didn't offend anyone, but we've got to open our eyes and our ears in this country and follow what's going on because we're getting killed, folks, by the man who sits in the White House. We elected the wrong guy. It happens, and such is life. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next week. I'm doing a show in the morning now on Facebook, Key West Blue Live, three or four minutes. They talk about one of the subjects I may have talked about tonight. You may want to listen to that. And my book, Irma and Me, please buy it. It's still out there. It's still selling, but not as well as it did when it came out following the hurricane. So if you get a chance, buy Irma and Me. I I promise you will enjoy it. Amazon.com. Again, thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you next week.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?